This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Proverbs 6, 6 6-8 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So a few weeks ago, here at the good old Abraham's Wallet headquarters in Spokane, Washington, no, I'm just kidding. We're in Lincoln, Nebraska, guys. Uh, Somebody wrote in and they said, could you guys write something about, you know, how to, like, build wealth. And I have to tell you, my dear reader, this request made me a little bit sad because in the eyes of its luminary authors, everything that we write or record on this blog and podcast machine that you're listening to now is extremely related to wealth building, or we might call it capital building. We always want to be building capital. And the capital that we talk about is often financial, but anyone who's been listening to this podcast for the last few weeks knows it's not always related to finances. But the point is well taken, okay? We haven't written a ton in a while about how to take the advice of our friend Jeremy Pryor, who in a recent podcast episode asked, how should a multi-generationally minded family leader proceed financially? Well, he should build an enormous arsenal of resources and train children who can steward those things. Okay, you might say to this great and glorious goal, but I make $60,000 a year. This uh, enormous arsenal of resources of which you speak seems a bit like wistful thinking. Or maybe you heard that admonition and had the opposite reaction. Maybe on your way to resign from your 9-to-5 job, you thought, Pshaw! The entry-level analyst role isn't my destiny. I'm going to stay at the house, shepherd my children, lead my family, and operate a multi-million dollar business to bless my many descendants. And now that you've resigned from that job, reality has well and truly hit and you're stuck wondering how that darn rent is going to be paid next month. Here's a hint, it ain't going to be paid by dreams, no matter how noble sounding they are. So fortunately, we have all sorts of biblical models for the steady and attainable accumulation and stewardship of wealth. I'm going to record this whole series that I wrote on the blog for you guys. And before it's over, I'm going to use the a picture of Proverbs 6, this little ant working hard at the right times to provide for the future, to tell you how to build wealth. And if you try to skip all the way to step three, which is the management and deployment of an enormous arsenal of resources, before you've spent some serious time in steps one and two, which I'll get to in a second, you're either going to end up a pretender or broke and likely both of those things. So, shall we consider the ant? Let's do it. Step one in the ant wealth building process is to work while it's summer. Remember that verse said, without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer. Now, that ant, she didn't spend her summers in Cabo, did she? And despite not having a boss around, by George, she's a modern homesteader and entrepreneur. She took advantage of the season, that was summer, in which work was available to her and she produced and set aside resources for the future. So many of us listen to stories from guys who've been able to become their own boss 
and accumulate resources and provide the type of life that we're dreaming of, namely establishing streams of income that allow us to focus increasingly on our primary mission as fathers, and we get fired up. And guys, listen to me, that's a good thing, okay? I don't want to discourage that type of getting fired up for one minute, but here's the danger. We're being slowly boiled to death in this country in a pot of instant gratification. And that means we can accidentally start to expect that the dream of financial independence, which is almost completely void of value, by the way, if what you really want is to retire at age 40 and play a lot of Xbox, but it's very cool when independence means financial flexibility for investment, increased generosity, etc., So when we expect that to happen after just a few months of really hard work and good intentions, that's a problem. The Bible doesn't suggest that summer in this verse is a moment of inspiration, okay? It's it's a hard, it's a long potentially season for hard work. And I hate to break it to you, but that season might last for a few decades for you. So I'm going to say it again. Summer is not a moment of inspiration. Rather, it's a season for hard work. And that season might last for a few decades. Uh, We've written before and talked on this podcast before about the danger of ignoring previous generations' wisdom. And this is a moment when we can take a look at those previous generations for some perspective. You see, your grandparents didn't have the same IV drip of now in their veins that we've grown accustomed to. And the lack of this thing impacted them in all sorts of ways. Some of those ways are good and some of those ways are less good. I don't know if you have grandparents like this. My grandparents talk about a career at Procter & Gamble. Believe it or not, all you Cincinnatians, I had a grandpa that worked for Procter & Gamble for pretty much his whole career for 40 years. And that's just almost unheard of today. Um, So were these grandparents of ours perfect? Should we just stop here and reminisce about the good old days and the greatest generation? As much as that might be fun and even wise, that's not my point. I'm just here to point out that this generation did not demand to see the fruit of their efforts right now. And there's a unique nobility to the planting of trees under whose shade you won't ever sit. And I am here to argue that our grandparents and pretty much every generation before them are excellent examples of this long view of family building. So what does that have to do with your average 20 to 40 year old dad? Well, it's very easy to go listen to someone who succeeded in creating whatever it is that you're after, financially or with regard to your family rhythms or whatever, and assume that you can make that same thing happen for yourself in no more than a year or two. And to that, we say fie on this impestuous, endurance-less vision. Do you really want to start building an enormous arsenal of resources? Well, my friend, you're going to need some dry powder to get that ball rolling. And the way that most of you young bucks are going to accumulate that will be to find a J-O-B. And I'm not talking about a six-month side hustle. The normal and unsexy job is very out of fashion right now. But allow me to vaunt the security that health insurance and a regular paycheck can provide to a young family builder in the early season of their journey. It's not insignificant. And guys... I wrote this whole series up on the blog because I kept having guys come to me and just say, I have awoken to the realities that jobs are for suckers. And so as I go through this whole thing, I want you to kind of hear me. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that entrepreneurship is bad. We're going to talk a lot about that later. I am saying that there is a 
kind of foolhardy rushing into things that needs to be avoided. And sometimes a job is exactly the ticket to building a multi-generational pile of family wealth. So onward. Do we hope that you're a VP of haberdashery or cog production by the time you turn 55, still selling the vast majority of your time and effort to enrich another man's family? Of course not. Now, I'm not going to say that some of you shouldn't become leaders at big companies, but having an important position in a company is not the primary goal. Job titles are never, ever, ever a goal for a family builder. If you hear people living the dream of stewarding assets in their 40s and 50s, know that most of them worked like dogs in their 20s and 30s to build up the cash that would fuel business acquisitions, real estate purchases, investment opportunities, etc. Jumping into any of those pursuits without being adequately funded is a recipe for disaster. And how do I know this? In my own life, I worked for a solid decade after I was dead certain that I wanted to be a business owner. During that decade, I saved aggressively, so I've been able to launch my business without the immense pressure to turn a profit that a lot of new entrepreneurs feel. Just as an aside, having a short runway will cause you to make bad decisions up front, partner with people you probably shouldn't, and stress you out dramatically. So long financial runway is a great component to business building. And this cushion that I enjoy in my business is felt every day by my clients, but it's also felt by my family and my pillow, where I sleep easily and soundly each night, not worrying about tomorrow's funding. So hooray for those haymaking years at the old 9 to 5. They weren't as fun as what I'm doing now, but they put a lot of skill and experience into my tool belt and set me up for the next parlay. So thank you, God, for that job. Are there rare exceptions to my admonition to go get yourself a job? Of course. If you're 25 and have a great startup brewing, why not take a swing? If it flames out, you can always, you guessed it, get a job. And there's nothing wrong with working for yourself straight off the bat from the get-go. If you've already possessed a skill set that people are excited to pay you money for from day one, go for it. But the exception is not the rule. Most of us are going to need jobs and need them for a good while. This is particularly true if you're the first person in your family that's thinking multi-generationally about wealth. If you're the fifth person, you might have a totally different reality. And that's that's what we're going to create five generations down the line. So you want now? I've got your now, okay? Now is the time for many of you to take on the responsibility. Is it a mundane one? Sometimes. A humbling one? Yes, often. A character-forming one? Always. But take on the responsibility during the summer, as the ant would call it. Summer is the time to work and store up. And like I already said, summer can last for decades, especially if you're the first to step out in a family and say, in this family, we're going to be done with the broken model of leaving home in the years during which fathers are most needed. Your kids, if you're successful, might not ever need to go to work elsewhere, or they might choose to do so in order to bring in new skills and perspective into the family's endeavors. But all of this can be harpooned by the false notion that you can jump from being the standard American college grad straight into a 20-hour work week, occupying yourself exclusively with asset stewardship and family leadership. Taking the long view, this is my main point, guys, taking the long view is a lost skill for many of our generation, and it's a step one if you want to build wealth. So in the next part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about 
what you should be doing while you're in those early working years to start building wealth. One hint, you don't just stick mounds of rubber banded cash bills in a savings account or under the mattress. But until then, I would like you guys to spend some time reveling in the nobility of your nine to five job. And please remember the ant. For Abraham's Wallet, I'm Mark Parrott. I'll catch you guys next week.